0: Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fassett. On this episode, we get to meet actor and singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, Caleb Landry Jones. Caleb is probably best known as an actor. He's been in everything from Get Out to Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. He was even in the Twin Peaks revival, The Return, Um, but he is also a pretty accomplished and eclectic musician, and in this chat, we talk quite a bit about his most recent album, Gadzooks, Volume 2, which is a sequel to his Volume 1 from last year, and we do get into his film career, especially in how it ties in with his music career. We talk about how his love of both film and music kind of started in his childhood and how that has manifested throughout his life, how his relationship with these two realms has changed and altered over time. We talk about the foundational films in his life, like Tim Burton's Batman or Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. And we even get into a few hot takes in our discussion of contemporary cinema. So look forward to that. Caleb spoke to me with candor, humility, and warmth, and it was a really good time. And I think you'll enjoy it. So, thank you for listening. This is me meeting Caleb Landry Jones. Oh no, thank you, man. Um, Yeah, I really, I really appreciate you uh, giving me a
1: spot to sell my album.
0: Yeah, exactly. What are doing here? no that's part of what we're that's definitely part of what we're doing we will definitely be talking about uh the album which i'm sure you can tell me i'm saying wrong gadzooks yeah yeah okay it's good enough for me so uh we'll get I don't there know in a if minute, you ever but, uh,
1: watched the uh, gomer pile or anything like that but no he, he's like gadzooks you know oh is, is that where that's from I think that's where I remember it from. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I typed it into Google to make sure it wasn't anything offensive.
0: I know, right? You got to be careful. <laughs> you no, know, it was.
1: Yeah, especially these days. Yeah. But uh, right. typing it in and saying that there was a store, uh, I think a music store or something like that called Gadzooks. And oh. I don't remember where in America, but I think a few places.
0: I thought well, that, that's fitting, though.
1: Hopefully, yeah. Well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a Toy Story. I can't remember.
0: (laughs) Also, kind of fitting though. (laughs) Well, thank you for uh, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. How are you? uh, How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. I got a few cups of coffee in me, uh, six or seven hours of sleep. So that's not bad. (laughs) No, no, no. It's great.
0: (laughs) That's that's probably more than I have.
1: (laughs) See there.
0: So, uh good i'm glad you're good um where are you uh where are you calling from right now
1: uh right now i'm in plano texas
0: okay okay all right well yes as you alluded to before we um part of why we're here part of why we are hosting this episode right now is to talk about your album which is coming up very soon um this month i believe very soon on election day right okay well that's okay (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> when you're out getting you know uh you know voting right after right. you can head to the music store since you're already out you know yeah why not well i mean so, uh... i think a lot of people would have a lot of reasons why not <laughs> sounded good to me just now
0: Does sound good and it might cheer you up a little bit well uh, yeah but hopefully <laughs> so yeah the new record uh Godzooks, we should mention it's volume two um last year you had a volume one come out mm-hmm. now you have a volume two coming out um may i jump the gun and ask is this a whole series or is the Godzooks saga over no
1: it ends here thank god uh, <laughs> no there uh it's uh i i did this album uh, the first album i put out uh, was called the Motherstone. Mm-hmm. Um I did that record and uh by the time I was I got back from uh, filming a job I'd I'd written another album and even though I was supposed to concentrate on mixing and mastering and you know editing the uh, first album instead we kind of jumped straight into recording another one uh which meant then we had to put that on pause and go back and mix and master <laughs> and uh, the first one um and then I was uh, kind of left with about, you know, roughly two hours of music almost. And uh, I didn't want to just put out, you know, 45, 50 minutes of music on a vinyl and uh, everything else, you know, go to waste more or less. So mm. uh, the idea was to split it in two. And even then there's about five or six songs that I think won't make either record just because of vinyls and, and how much, you know, information you're able to put on them. Yeah. yeah
0: so volume, moving, one were, right? volume one and two were volume one and two are kind of composed around the same time uh
1: no oh, they were the it's 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 really technically it's really one album it was okay. uh, and then the and the last song on the first album is really the last song of both okay i kind of wanted to to end the first album with it uh it's like a 20 minute 20 something minute like kind of
0: just oh yeah yeah
1: yeah loosey-goosey experiment more or
0: less but yeah well it's a it's a finale Yeah,
1: yeah, well, I remember getting to the end of, you know, a two-hour record or, or one in 40 minutes or whatever, and it just felt like something was missing. So, <laughs> plug the keyboard in and let's see how long we can go for 20 minutes later.
0: Okay, bring us back to the top and let's try another patch. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, I mean, the Motherstone's kind of, kind of longer too, so it seems like you kind yeah. of often compose in these sort of larger scales. Although you fit the Motherstone onto one release
1: yeah uh i'm sure we lost a little bit of you know definition towards the uh, uh each end of each side but uh and so i didn't want to do that again um mm-hmm. and there's no way i could fit it all so so it was kind of pointless but um the, the reason why i think this, the songs are that kind of way is just because uh, usually i'm writing them in, in a different place uh which mm-hmm. means i have to hold on to them for longer so i'll uh i'll play a guitar and before you know it you got a song and then uh, the next day or a few hours later you pick it up again to, to go through it and you find yourself getting to something else and before you know it you got another song and you go yeah oh man those are in the same key well <laughs> might as well just make it one song or you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah and uh so that's kind of been um, for the studio albums that's been the, the kind of process over the last few years is It's really just, um, they build and build and build until I feel like, uh, okay, that's a solid hour, you know, and then, uh, yeah, and hopefully, you know, I'm able to get in uh, to the studio by then. But if I don't, then you get what we got now, which is a two hour (laughs) thing, (laughs) which means I had too much time before I was able to get in to do anything about it.
0: And you just kept creating.
1: Yeah, not not really out of the sense of to create or anything, just kind of through boredom or yeah. still something left in the well that you need to get out. And, you know, that's, that's yeah. how I choose to get it out. <laughs> so, Better than screaming they, from the balcony at the people that passed yeah,
0: by, Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So then, okay, so then now I'm like, you're sort of recontextualizing this record a bit for me, because I don't know if I had realized that they were born from the same you know pool no that's all right Um, as
1: many times as i I tell people they still (laughs) write something else you know nine out of ten so
0: right so then what's the sort of drive behind the gadzooks saga like what what were you sort of after with it maybe even sonically thematically and then what are you kind of hoping we get from hearing this this last part of it
1: uh, sadly, it's probably a response to what people thought of the first record. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but um, I think I wanted to do something that was uh a bit um uh, just as wild and bombastic as as it happens naturally, you know. You don't, mm-hmm. really have to, I don't really have to think about that too much, <laughs> it kind of just happens, but uh, I don't know, I think I wanted to. Um, We did this record uh, all on tape, uh, both of these records on tape. So that was the first time recording to tape um, for for an entire record. Uh, And um, I think it was just kind of further along the relationship that I'd started with uh, my producer, Nick, uh, Jordan, Jordan. and so, uh, yeah, it was just kind of about... Uh, further and along what, what we kind of started um, and I, I didn't really think too much about stuff except for that uh, the, some of the things that critics and people had told me about my first album kind of stuck there but I think uh, some songs are a result of that um, fighting it and some I think <laughs> are probably uh, trying I think that's why there's a 20-minute track of just non because right. I'm so ticked off that People said music needed to be this way or this way or an album needed to be this or that when I don't believe that at all.
0: <laughs> so so when you say it's the response, it's based off the response of the, you mean you like doubled down?
1: Yeah, I think, I, yeah. I think I tried to make things a little bit more, uh, concrete if some kind or a little more tangible for other people. Um, uh, something a few more earworms in that kind of way but mm-hmm. at the same time uh, i just know that uh, the response from the first album was still pretty heavy in my head because i think i was reading those things while i was writing stuff. <laughs> uh, so i was pretty uh i don't know kind of pissed off that you know critics uh, seem to build you up to tear you down in the next sentence afterwards and <laughs> just yeah and now I'm, I'm done with it, you know, but, uh, at that time, that was the first time I'd read any kind of response to my music and mm-hmm. I didn't like it at all.
0: <laughs> so, you mean, anyway. you mean you're done looking at that?
1: Yeah. I'm just, uh, I, I think, yeah. I, I think it was a good thing to do. Uh, but, uh, I don't know how to explain it exactly. I mean, I don't think that was the force behind the record at all, right. but it was definitely a part of it. Uh, right just other people's voices in my head and good or bad, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think uh, a song for me can be uh, a bunch of different things. Uh, It can change from line to line or uh, word to word even. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I find that the the brain kind of naturally just fragments things in that kind of way. And I haven't stopped it, you know, by any means.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting that you would maybe not even on purpose, obviously, but sort of compose a record while reading reviews of your last record. I, I wonder how, well, frequ- you know, how frequently that kind of thing. It's not know. like getting on the computer and reading. No, sure, sure. Going to the guitar, and- but just that they con- coincided at all is sort of interesting.
1: Yeah, and I was, I was on the, I was on a film. Uh, director it was Miguel Sapochnik. This film, Finch, and and I was in the mm-hmm. middle of you know playing a robot with Tom Hanks and. And so I, I have no idea why I needed to make an write an album while I was trying to be a robot, but uh,
0: maybe to tap back into humanity. I don't know.
1: <laughs> maybe. Well, the whole thing of the movie was uh, kind of uh, yeah about the soul and about. Uh, personality and and the fact that he builds this robot but he can't you know he can't control what it is because he gave it a mind of its own Mm. so of course the robot has too many questions and is (laughs) insensitive sometimes and uh shoots for more than he can you know uh than he can get and and I, I don't know, but I know there was a lot of stuff that just felt kind of left over that I wasn't able to put into the film because the character, you know, wasn't like that or, or didn't have. And I mm-hmm. think uh, music was the place to put everything else that was left over that I couldn't get out, like yeah. it usually is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've 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 read I read somewhere that probably another interview with with you somewhere else that they uh, that, that you very often are sort of. Bringing an instrument to set and sort of always sort of.
1: No, no, you know. no! I never bring an instrument to set. You
0: never do. No,
1: no, that's what I mean by you talk to people and then you know, <laughs> podcast are good because you know.
0: I maybe I'm misquoting. I mean, I don't even remember. Where yeah, I got yeah it, I mean, I, you're I probably not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a. There, I remember with the first record, a lot of people said, "It's accumulation of all the songs he's written since he's 18." I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? It's it's new yeah. stuff, you know, but yeah. no matter how many times I said it, people still wrote something else. <laughs> but no, I, I don't... Uh, in fact, on that film, I didn't bring an instrument to the film because I had so much work to do trying mm. to be a robot. <laughs> <that> <laughs> I thought bringing an instrument would get in the way, but I think it was about two or three weeks into uh, to starting or whatever, I went to a pawn shop, got a guitar just because... I was left back at the hotel, uh, you know, with a lot of things left over and nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I felt like I was kind of just being bad to myself if I didn't, uh, or being bad to the project, even, uh, somehow it would enter into the project and there were feelings and, uh, you know, emotions and whatnot that, uh, I didn't think, um, were necessarily right (laughs) for, for the character and kind of a, kind of a, what do you call it a tightrope kind of act of, of kinds i guess
0: yeah so you've been on film for quite a few years now since you were a teenager were you were you always playing music too were you is that a teenager thing oh yeah, too? Like, yeah
1: okay yeah i used to have a band with my buddy robert we were called robert jones and we played uh in deep alum you know on the weekends um uh, a friend of mine and roberts that we met how samples had a place called the space which was uh you know he'd have different art shows and, and artists coming in on the weekend and giving free beer you know to the mm-hmm. anybody that came in i thought they were coming to see us and the art turns out i think a lot of people just came for the beer but <laughs> uh and that was just a, a really really great thing for us uh and then of course college set in and the ideas of what are you going to do with your life and I remember hearing some interview with Modest Mouse saying it takes 10 years or something before you uh, get anywhere with music. And so I thought, Mm. okay, let's scrap that for now. (laughs) Little did I know acting was going to take a good 10 years, too, just to feel like you got a pinky in the door, you know. Right. So I think all good things take time. (laughs) Right. I don't think there's Um, a fix for anything. And if there is, you should probably be worried about it. that's That's probably true. Go away just as fast as it comes.
0: Right, right. I know. Yeah, no. It's it's risky to take anything like that for granted. <clears throat> um. So I would imagine if you were interested in getting into acting in some way, that there were people who sort of were formative to you in that realm. Are there are there music equivalents of that? Like who who really sort of formed you when you were young and like coming into loving music?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, to be completely frank, I think uh, Keith Green uh was an artist a christian artist that i liked as a child uh and i think it about my mom was telling i thought it was eight but my mom was telling me a few days ago she thinks i was like five or six i think when i heard sergeant peppers and that really mm. uh really blew my mind um and then you know uh after that it was you know people like um uh, stevie ray vaughn or uh in my dad's truck, you know, or, uh, Hank Williams, you know? Mm. Um, but I think, I think the, uh, the thing I identified most was, you know, that Sergeant Pepper's album. Cause I, I'd, I'd never heard anything like that. I didn't know you could play with the, uh, the feelings that they were introducing for me, which were scary, uh, exciting, um, kind of this just wild mix of, of stuff I didn't know was allowed. <laughs> yeah
0: no yeah
1: and uh, my mom she's like you heard it then oh my gosh you know i'm going mm-hmm. oh, no no it was great <laughs> you know it, was, it really helped me you know <laughs> but
0: yeah you don't uh, understand this was a good thing
1: <laughs> yeah but i mean there's there's so many artists uh it's it's hard to really say you know yeah but, uh you know, Cat Stevens played a big part at 15 or Simon and Garfunkel, you know, at, yeah. at 16 to to DC Talk, another Christian band when I was probably like 12, uh, to then getting into bands like Radiohead, uh, then getting into other more esoteric like Zappa or, you know, uh but to be honest, I probably still listen to most of the music I did when I was 16, 17, you know,
0: T-Ref. Yeah talking yeah I feel like I kind of do that too I think a lot of us do that
1: yeah and and uh sometimes I'll come across something like uh like a Zappa or something later in life you know and Mm -hmm. it does the same thing for me that some of these guys did at 16 17 but it's pretty rare I find you know that or Randy Newman you know or someone like that uh yeah that i would never really given the time of day to until maybe like eight years ago or something and then I go, whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, or I remember being like 20 or 21, and finding Harry Nielsen kind of all over again since I'd seen uh, what was that movie with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan? <laughs> you know, like, uh,
0: am I gonna embarrass myself by guessing it's You've Got Mail? No, you're correct. Yeah, you. Okay, <laughs>
1: Chappelle. Uh But yeah, I mean, you know, it's just there, there's so many of them, man. It's it's it is yeah. tough. And I do think it's important probably not to have too many influences, but sure. just, I think at 15, 14, 13, 16, 17, I think you're just soaking up as much as you can. And uh, and to be honest, the more I do it myself, the less I'm really listening to anybody <laughs> else. Not because, of just because of time, I think, you know, you spend eight hours, 14 hours in a day making music. You don't leave wanting to you know, necessarily
0: turn on the radio, right? Uh, no, that make, that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, okay. So before before I move on to uh, lapsing into talking about some of your 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 film side of your of your life, um, I usually when I when I'm about to interview someone, I will ask people in the uh, the Beats per Minute, the website I work for. Um, oh, yeah. I ask that I ask them sort of hey i'm interviewing you know xyz who want what do you want to know and sometimes i take their questions so i felt oh, before yeah, i move yeah. on to your film Absolutely. yeah so before i move on to your film one of my colleagues what kind wanted, of
1: drawers do i wear or... <laughs> no no one asks that really that side
0: of the bread that i put my butter on or... <laughs> um those would be good ones but i'll ask the i'll ask the next person i talk to those two questions <laughs> and i will attribute it to you <laughs>
1: I hope that no 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 don't
0: do that I won't I won't I won't I'm um, be talking to
1: someone serious you know <laughs>
0: um so the question I got from a writer friend of mine was uh he wanted to know if you consider if he, he likes your music and your film and he likes you know there's a connect he thinks there's a connection there so his question is do you consider your music psychedelic and no. whether you do or don't, <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> uh no, you don't okay, and then, so then, what constitutes to you like psychedelic music?
1: when I think of psychedelic music, I guess I'm thinking of my sixteen year old self I always thought of like thirteen floor elevator, something with a theremin, you know <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, more like uh, I don't know, I, I guess that's the band that comes to mind really, when I think of psychedelic music, uh. Mm which is, you know, some kind of version of rock and roll, but just a little something wilder, a little a little more of a cowlick, you know. But, um, yeah, I find it very funny that uh, the music I make, uh, the images that I make sometimes, uh, drawings, you know, everybody thinks, you know, everybody's trying to figure out the drug, you know. <laughs> I just find it really sad. <laughs> yeah, right. That it all comes down to... Drugs, and it must not have anything to do with imagination or uh, just mm. war, you know, or, or the things you see in your head or hear in yeah. your head. Uh, so that kind of drives me a little nuts, you know. A mm. Casio keyboard's got a good hundred, two hundred, you know, you know, sounds on. There. <laughs> it's hard not to get psychedelic if you if you use just five, six of them. I suppose. <laughs> No, and, right. and I think everything I, I do is pretty natural to to just how it happens. Uh, I'm a, I am used to believe that everything had to be perfect and uh, that it was all about the structure. And I think when I reached about 16, 17 and started getting into the idea of Dada and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of opened up a lot to me and uh, when I started recording music myself and writing music my, by myself and I found that the mistakes uh, were usually the things I liked most about what I was doing and it was about how to incorporate those mistakes and there really was no such thing as a mistake uh, anytime like in my home recordings if I if I miss a note that I'm trying to go to or something like that and I don't get it I'll find a way to make it work, whether it's by going
0: rah, 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 rah oh, yeah,
1: rah, rah and wait till another measure and then come back in on the right note or yep. whatever <laughs> it is. And I find it very freeing. Uh and I also find that that through that, uh through unconscious work and and just going by uh you know um by uh you know what you feel at in the moment uh sometimes it's so much more truthful and honest to what you are going through and to who you are at the moment rather than trying to cultivate some kind of version of yourself that you want others to see you i i hate this <laughs> and yeah i think i used to care so much about what people thought that and uh you know my grandma and grandpa come from classical uh the dallas symphony and My mom was, you know, trained like in that way too. And, and with classical music, you know, it's all about technique, you know, and then it's all about, uh, um, kind of reinterpreting, you know, a piece. Mm -hmm. And, but if you don't have technique, you have nothing, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was so impatient when it came to technique, um, that I I just wanted the sticks to the drums. I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do. I hate when people tell me what to do. Uh. (laughs) And I found music to just be a space that I, I didn't really need anyone uh to a degree. Now I'm limited because of that. But, yeah. you know, but the other great thing is as you get better, your music changes. Uh the better I get at piano is why I can make an album like The Motherstone, or you know, uh mm-hmm. just because of longer the longer you play, the better you get. Uh, the more you can do, the the more ideas you can entertain, uh, the less time it takes to do it, the more efficient you can become. And and I, and I, and I like that, uh, with gr- the growth, uh, of an instrument comes the growth of kind of songs that you make. Uh, yeah. and when I look, listen back to what I was doing, as like 17, 18, it's all folk music and really, uh, really, really deeply influenced by Dylan. You know, I was obsessed with Bob Dylan and the idea of what he did with a story and, uh, like Bob Dylan's 115th dream or something like that, you know, and mm. You know, you just got so much of a mix of of time frames, you know, and, and different centuries in one story, you know, and, and it can all exist on the same street if he wants. And yeah. it really blew my mind. And, and also to be able to talk about, you know, but he's someone that, that I think spoke very clearly and you understand very clearly what he means. And yet there's also a mysticism because he combines so many things. And and I think uh, that that really, really did something, you know, to me. Um, but of course, at the time, all I could do was kind of emulate it, uh, yeah. kind of imitate it more or less. Uh, and I, I sometimes I think imitation is is key to being able to find your own voice as well. I think I'm still finding those things. And uh, it just so happens that the Beatles, the English accent, it was the only way I could do harmony <laughs> for the longest time, you know, and it, if I wanted a five, six, seven, you know, part, you know, harmony, I, you know, I found the accent, you know, uh, if I didn't make the R's harsh and things like that, you know, <laughs> I got away with, it. it just sounded better to me. And, uh, so I, I think, and I think bands like the Brian Jonestown massacre made me feel a little better about that, you know, too. <laughs> you know. or sting, you know, or something like that, or, or even the kinks, you know, uh, I love how uh, Ray Davies, you know, fluctuates between voices. I've just never I've never realized I did it so much until I read other people talking about what I do <laughs> that I realized, oh, yeah, I guess I do. I guess they do change pretty quick. I guess there are a lot of parts in the song. Hmm, I guess things don't come back, you know, sometimes. But that's what I love. <laughs> yeah. And it just feels like, uh, if you don't do those things and you're not being true to yourself in some way so yeah
0: I mean I, I've, I've I'm have i also a musician very differently than than you but I am finding myself just sort of nodding over here like yeah yeah <laughs> yep that's right
1: yeah like I was talking to a buddy of mine he's got a band Johnny Capri um a good friend of mine John Cook and we were talking about you know he was saying he was gonna write a song a week you know I was mm-hmm. going that's great man you can do that and everything and and I was going, if you can't, you know, just start a song and record it, even if you don't know how it ends. And he's like, oh man, my brain doesn't work that way. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. My brain doesn't work the way your brain works either. You know, <laughs> I can't sit down for an hour and perfect a song and get it exactly how I want to then record it because it always feels stale by that point for me. You know, well, mm-hmm. well he's really good at that and, and he needs to do that. and And that's great too. You know,
0: yeah. I just find that I over time because I've been I've been playing guitar since I was like 15. And, you know, at a certain point in my 20s, I I felt like I'd sort of plateaued with skill. <laughs> but I felt that but... until I found barcode. <laughs> like, oh, great. no, exactly. No, exactly. And I'm terrible at them. And I know that's like that's my next frontier. But my point is my point is that. You know, I thought I plateaued. And so then I started playing more keyboards, which I'm still not very good at, but it it gave me like a pause. And then when I came back to it in my sort of mid 20s, I found myself able to kind of find new places to go within my skill set. So maybe I hadn't plateaued. And then I kind of relinquished that sort of need for perfection as you were talking about oh, yeah. and sort of you know went with first second third takes went with mistakes stuff like that
1: yeah, yeah and sometimes you think it sounds bad and you listen back and you you love it you know or you go mm-hmm. not as bad as i thought yeah it didn't hit the note but man that's nice you know right <laughs> i like the way it rubs or Hit two 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 things on the piano next to each other, and you didn't mean to do that, but now the whole song and the end is going to incorporate itself because of that around that, you know mm-hmm. something. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree, and that's why I think also uh, different instruments is is also a key to different songs and different parts of you as well. You know, I feel like you turn on a an organ setting or something, in it and it asks something else of you than when you put the blessed you know setting right up, you know and uh and I, and I love that about sounds and and tones and you know i i absolutely love that you know Yeah, guitar i feel like i can get angrier with it you know drums you <laughs> can like, hit it <laughs> yeah yeah drums you can smack as hard as you want right not the best drummers do that you know and, sure but, <laughs>
0: But there is, a, there is quite a difference to strumming a guitar really loud than pressing a key on some fake strings.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I'm just... But there, you know, there's know, weight in both.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I used to always play everything hard, and I'm starting in the last probably year or two of... of I got a better microphone than I've ever had before. <laughs> you know, and I <laughs> hear a bit of the difference. I'm going, oh, man, just strum that electric light, turn that up, you know, and <laughs> just... Yeah, that sounds so much better than turning it down and strumming hard.
0: You know, doesn't feel as good, but you know, don't worry, yeah. the
1: drums are just around the corner. So
0: yeah. Come on, you know? <laughs> so uh the second question I got from my colleagues that I thought was sort of interesting. <clears throat> um, not sure if, if if you'll really be able to answer it, but I thought it was a cool question. Um, has working in the films that you've worked in with the sort of eclectic assortment of, you know, pretty acclaimed. But pretty uh, signature directors that you've worked with, you know, mm-hmm. has any of that experience directly influenced your music at all?
1: Well, I mean, it's only because uh, Jim Jarmusch that uh, I was put in touch with uh, Caleb over at Sacred Bones, and
0: the great Sacred Bones. <laughs> we should mention you work with the wonderful Sacred Bones.
1: Yeah, so I'd say that's a big, you know, that's a big that that, that was a that was a big deal for me. Uh, yeah, extremely. David
0: uh, Lynch has a, has some records on. That label yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, but I think everything influences everything. I think you'd be hard pressed to 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 say not you know that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, after I got done with the the uh, film I did in Australia, I came back and I had a lot mm-hmm. left over and poured it out into an album called "The Bag of Rabbits" that I don't know we'll ever see the light of day. But <laughs> it's you a know, great title. <laughs> but and it's a you know that happens i mean i think the music is a reflection of everything that's going on um and and it's a it's a space where you can be as uh absurd as you want uh which i love which means i can maybe touch upon everything that's going on loosely Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i'd say very much i think it all influences each other um the this album and the last album very much because I was in New Mexico making a movie where I'm a robot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Is it about that? No, but right. you know, there's a, it definitely uh, has everything to do with everything before and everything that was going on, you know?
0: Hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about that Australian film uh, Yeah. Um, while, while I have you Um I, I hope I'm saying the name right. Nitrum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nitrum. So that's by Justin Kurzel, great Australian director. Kazell. Um Krizel, sorry. See, of course I get like the weird title of the movie wrong, but I get his name. I mean, right, but I get his name wrong. Yes, Justin Krizel. That's okay. I um, didn't know how
1: to say it until I met him. You know? <laughs> that's how
0: most folks um, go I find. Yeah. Uh he did past films like uh, you know, the Snowtown film. He did a really, really good Macbeth film that I'm I'm an English teacher, so I you know I make my kids watch that every year.
1: Yeah, what did you think about how that was played, or what did you think his, about his
0: Macbeth? It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. As like an English teacher who you know has taught and read Macbeth many times, mm-hmm. um, I've seen a few of the older versions. Uh, I don't know. I I liked I like his in general. I like his sense of place.
1: Yeah,
0: and of mood. And I feel like it does a little bit of gentle sort of recontextualizing with some of the characters, especially with Lady Macbeth that I found that for yeah, me worked. I did. I did like that very much as well. And I think and I think Marion Cotillard was a very good Lady Macbeth. Yeah. I
1: mean, she's always a very good. Every
0: right. Time. Right. It's
1: tough to find her being bad. It's true. <laughs>
0: So you worked with Justin Grizel <clears> <throat> on Nitrum. You also worked alongside some pretty heavy hitters in, you know, Australian yeah, cinema, absolutely. like Essie Davis and in cinema, you know, Judy Davis. Yeah, the cinema, not even <laughs> Australian cinema. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah don't, so no, don't limit it there, man. You know? No, it's true. They are, they are. I mean, they're stars. <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. We can admit it. Yes, I should admit it. Um, so yeah, so Nitram, great, pretty dark what the great judy davis yes yeah um so nitram pretty dark film um i
1: mean (laughs) of course yeah
0: yeah pretty dark film pretty dark you know about a pretty dark chapter in australia's history um you know seems relatively challenging from multiple angles i would think to to be to participate in a film like this let alone as the titular character um what leads you to want to do something like this kind of film? What excites you about this kind of film?
1: Uh, Certainly not the character. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was the Sean script and and Justin as a filmmaker. It was how they spoke about the film, but it really started with the script and seeing Mm. uh, through the script, what their attitudes were about it. um, Their mission was with the film um, and then when I spoke to both of them and met both of them, it just kind of confirmed everything in the script, you know? Uh, and I just felt that uh, Justin, not just a, a strong storyteller, but um, someone who was also going to push me uh, as I needed, you know, to to get to where we needed to, to make this. And also someone that I could uh, possibly trust in the process and uh, who would uh, also uh, give me the room possibly needed to, 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 to play the part. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really the, it was really the boys though uh, mm. just meeting them the script and then, and then meeting them and, and hearing them speak about it and why they felt it was important to make the film. And uh, it's, it's what i'm about as well as a, as an actor and mm-hmm. um the responsibility i feel that we have as a you know story storytellers but i shouldn't say storytellers because it makes it sound like fiction or something but right um uh, but I, I think you know what i mean
0: yeah i do and i find it interesting a film like Dame because it's about you know it's about a real event that mm-hmm. for a while anyway i know there's been some shifts in the past little while but for a long time it you know it, it made a heavy heavy impact on australia's you know gun safety
1: yeah
0: um, legislation and changing and of mentalities yeah um and we over in the states often will cite australia as a you know well they you know did away with xyz back in the 90s and right. blah, blah blah but i don't think any of a lot of us really knew the 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 story
1: no i i certainly didn't uh i yeah. didn't even know that gun gun reform took place in, in australia i had no idea right um and yet uh, just last week or whatever we had another school shooting you know yep uh and the The regularity at which it at which it takes place is 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 dumbfounded dumbfounding, and yet at the same time, completely understandable with, I think, uh, the spaces that uh, uh, today's children their their heads are in, mm-hmm. the loneliness, the uh, separation from the world around them, mm-hmm. uh, not having getting the help they need and 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 guns being all too easy uh, to get a hold of uh and what we do with the media and how one person can think they're doing great by telling everyone about what's going on you know at the same time they're possibly showing someone else a solution to to what they think you know is a solution to their problems which is not being seen not being heard not being uh validated by any means yeah. and uh it's it's her it's it's scary <laughs> it's it's, it's horrifying uh and i don't know you know there's nothing i can say uh, more or less but uh with the film there might be something that we could try to to show to help others understand uh the reality of, of mm. what is happening on on our doorstep you know
0: uh, yeah i was gonna ask sort of what you feel like the sort of greater purposes of making not just film but making art about these sort of dark painful moments because you know there's always people who say that the darkest chapters of our histories whatever country you're in should be you know they're in the past let's stop chronicling them and immortalizing them and making art about them but then there are so many others who 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 can see and convey the purpose mm-hmm. in that
1: mm-hmm. yeah and if we if we choose not to speak about it then we're we're doing more harm I think if we choose not to talk about it uh, with our children and with each other, we're only going to have it again and again and again. We're looking at war right now, and mm-hmm. there's been war for forever and for the stupidest reasons, you know, the yeah. absolute, just most inane reasons, just because a bunch of fat cats, you know, uh, <laughs> see fit and uh, use the the blood of the youth to do so. You know, yeah. it's... Uh, it's it's beyond me man but i think it's beyond a lot of us and yet it still happens all the time and still same kind of greed same kind of everything that that existed from the beginning
0: yeah i mean i've asked my students some similar questions to this before but just sort of like asking them you know why are there so many world war ii movies yeah yeah. you know why every single year there's another one but why do they keep getting made it's not just because we love watching it you know what yeah. i mean it's yeah it's deeper than that and i've also asked them things speaking of war of like when is like what's the last war that we were participating in that you think generally people sort of were on board with mm-hmm. and most of the time they say world war ii right and it's that's a long time ago mm-hmm. and yet there's been so much violence since then mm-hmm. which which then begs the question of okay well then why the hell is this why is why does it have to be like this if if no if we're not in agreement on this it's very strange
1: i can't answer those questions no i can't either uh, humans are complicated and fucked up
0: (laughs) yeah i'll say
1: and uh and we'll always you know but yeah yeah i mean it's beyond me and I, i i wish there was well anyways yeah I wish I was, uh, you know, had a magic wand, but we don't. And, oh, yeah. But what no, we I mean... can do is talk about it, and what we can do is uh, try and educate each other and ourselves, you know, better to so that we do understand. If we don't understand why it's happening, then we really can't do anything about it, including the problem mm-hmm. we have with ourselves, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the, the first step to to re- really trying to understand. And so I hope, but, you know, the film, Nitram, I hope... It, uh, I hope it did that for, for some, some folks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that's all I can hope, you know, is that yeah. people see it. I just wish more people in America saw it, to be honest.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. That that's unfortunately, that's often the, the tale of uh, especially international, but mostly, you know, smaller independent films. Yeah. I mean, I just went to the theater over the weekend to see Tar oh so, how was it it was good it was i mean i'm a huge huge Kate blanchett person
1: i just saw so, her waving her hands around i'm going eh, is that mm, yeah
0: you well know, i didn't know this but Certainly it looks Amer- exciting you know? <laughs> yes well apparently the character's uh mentor is the real composer leonard bernstein and apparently that's something he did
1: yeah but i don't know i'm looking at her movement and say i'm sure she worked really hard to get it exact but
0: right you just but no like I I think like the character is literally supposed to be imitating him so I'm hoping I'm, I'm assuming anyway, so it works <laughs> I guess it works I don't know but it was I mean she was she was great I, I'm oh well, my mom's good,
1: dying so. of, dying to see it I'm kind yeah. of on the fence because it was it did you, you liked it though
0: I liked it I I didn't love it
1: yeah that's kind of how right. i feel like
0: I'm yeah it was a little strong down. little little long honestly and i'm not usually one to complain about that but there it are looks times a little when... long
1: the trailer was short and didn't tell you much which told me okay it's gonna be a very long you
0: know? yes it's a long slow patient <laughs> film which i usually do love but like there were moments that i was sort of just like mm, i think we could
1: i think, I think we could move on cut <laughs> that i think we didn't need to hold for that long on that yeah
0: but it looks cool it's acted well and it sounds sounds really has a good sound design so like it's I worth a little i need a little
1: worth. more than that these days
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> a lot of them um, look great sound great and uh, <laughs> That's true and you know what i walked out of i walked out of tar and i felt pretty much this exact reaction immediately and i was just like that was good like you know it was good i didn't diss i'm not i'm not unhappy i saw it but i feel like everyone's been really loving and raving about it and i was like it's good and it got me thinking like, wow, I feel like it's been a long time <laughs> since I've like walked out of a movie and been like, wow, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, I mean, I can't really, I'm trying to remember that as well.
0: And I, yeah, I can't, I can't. I mean, for- I've mi- I've missed a few this past couple of years that I've wanted to see, but even the ones I've gotten to, I'm kind of like, that was good.
1: But see, I'm a big, like, uh, you know, 20s, 30s, you know, I'm I'm really, I, I love old, old films and 40s, 50s and I find those are also uh, ones from across the pond, you know, whether Japanese right, right. or or German or Italian. You know, I find that man they were making some great films back then. <laughs> I just don't know, you know. But I, I think the market is so different. Or I think people yeah, yeah. Is so different. I think at the same time, I think if we had an Antoni today, Antonioni today, I think it would still register with people, uh, yeah. much so. But you know, do we have do we have do
0: we have I mean I, I'm sure you the, have modern like, working directors that you do enjoy, I do as well. But oh, no, yeah, I yeah, but yeah. I'm not sure but I'm not sure we do.
1: Well, I mean I just I, I don't know. Like I love Paul Thomas Anderson uh, sure. and uh Master and um the Phantom Thread both had me cry my eyes out at, at the end, but mm. for some reason I didn't see the new one and I, I don't really know why, but I didn't know, either. Like, <laughs> but i didn't and, and i have no idea why because he's been uh i guess one of the american filmmakers that's done that to me uh you know in the last 10 years but yeah. but yeah i mean uh
0: i mean i'm a big kelly reichardt fan i like that sort of yeah minimalism sometimes mm-hmm. but but yeah it's i just it's go back to the old people and i'm going yeah
1: man you know like Bergman or whoever you know and i'm going mm-hmm. it was and i'm going there are these you know now there's somebody with something <laughs> you know, to, there's a movie <laughs> there's someone who knows what they're doing you know and, and, and really understands the craft and you know mm. doesn't just have a lot of talented people around them you know to, to, yeah. to tell them what's going to work or not yeah. no i shouldn't be so harsh i just i think i'm such a cinephile that uh that yeah there have been so many incredible films that you know maybe we'll look back in 30 years or something and go wow that tar film was really yeah you know you know yeah and same thing with pop of today you know i really wonder how much of that 30 years from now i'll listen and be like man do a lupa dia lupa whatever her name is
0: she was great you know Harley ray jepson i don't know.
1: at the moment it's not happening you know <laughs>
0: yeah well maybe do you i mean you weren't around in the 40s and 50s do you wonder maybe if that is how it works like oh i think that, you, is. I think that, that know, is like like maybe I when know. that you know when uh what's I a good think, example yeah, like lini like, came out and you ah, right you don't need that what was that all that like laventura comes out and
1: not everyone's loving it yeah yeah that guy needs to get a real job, you know. <laughs> and, you know, this many years later going, oh my gosh, master class in cinema.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see that happening to to Paul Thomas Anderson movies down the line. Not that they're not beloved now, but like yeah. only grow only growing <laughs> in stature. He the
1: credit he did, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. But I could see them even growing more in stature.
1: Yeah, I, I can too. I just it's think that's I sort of how we work. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um So, do you you know, you mentioned you like the old, old films. Can you, I don't know if you can, can you remember like the first one or two films that really you saw and just like unlocked something in you and sort of made you realize, wow, like, like this is what film can do?
1: Uh, When I was really little, like really, really little, uh, we had our first television and we had a, a VHS of It's a Wonderful Life. We oh. put that in and I thought we had a black and white TV for the longest time. I thought all movies were black and white until I <laughs> learned that, you know, we just, uh, it was either we didn't have a color TV or it was just a black and white film, and you know. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was, but I think it was just that the film was black and white and the film, the TV was a color TV, but that movie made a, a big impression on me. Just if I think, um you know it felt like a, a film that was about real things uh it was uh, about humanity um uh, mm-hmm. i felt that some of the yeah some of the ways uh the characters behaved were you know uh whether it's hot dog or you know <laughs> it was just something about it r- reminded me of to some degree to how things are you know or mm-hmm. you no know, um I don't know that that movie. I think made a big impact, but I think the biggest one was probably Tim Burton's uh, Batman, nineteen eighty nine. No, oh, nice. Um, I think I was like four years old, or I was in preschool, so I must have been like three or something. And I'll never forget uh, watching that film and and the opening sequence and and the music and the uh, you know that opening sequence where it's like you're driving in a car or something and you don't know where you're going and then you pull out and you realize you're You just did the Batman symbol, you know, and and I remember going, whoa. And then that that first line of the you know kind of thing with the guy and you know, Keaton coming in, you know, little old Keaton coming in. And I just thought, and the guys, the bad guys looked, you know, gross and you know, had, you know, skin looked dirty and their nails were dirty and and it was this gothic architecture that I had never seen before and gargoyles and you know really tall 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 buildings and and there was just something about it and then of course Nicholson and and this whole character of the Joker and I mm. was just blown <laughs> you know, I think to this day it gives me you know I just think man what a masterpiece <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then the follow-up I thought was great but I wasn't allowed to watch it for a while just because of a few scenes that were sensual uh mm. and sexual and uh, I think, uh, Vicki Vale spends the night or something like that. And so my mom didn't want me to watch it, but, but yeah, that, uh, Tim Burton's Batman really, really uh, did a number on it. It was, I think it was the equivalent to Sergeant Peppers. You know? <laughs> it was also something that was just exciting, scary. Yeah. Uh, it was something familiar and yet it was also something new. Um, yeah, but then I think uh, I don't think that happened to me again till I was about sixteen, seventeen, and I saw Clockwork Orange. I was six. I watched Clockwork Orange with my mom. Weird. Uh, no, I mean it was the only way. <laughs> Maybe it <she> wasn't. <laughs> don't let me watch it. I think she's a great mother for uh, <laughs> letting me watch it because I just I don't know why, but I saw the cover and I, I think I even stole it from the store. I put a oh good might have put a different tag on it so I could afford it or something. <laughs> but I don't know why, but the, the, the picture just, I had to, I had to see that film yeah. and that truly uh, kind of started my love for movies. Uh, it was, it wasn't until then that I realized uh, uh, a director, like a, like a great author, you know, uh, like a Fitzgerald or somebody, you know, that I could really look into everything that was, mm. that I was seeing that I was experiencing and that there was a reason for everything. And I found that just to be it relieved me a lot in, in a way. And after I watched Kubrick for the next, I think three years, I just, everything I saw was through what I thought was a lens. You know, I was looking at everything. How would you shoot that?
0: How would you, you
1: right. know? And I was of course in a symmetry because of that stuff. And then I <laughs> got away from that and started thinking, ah, but it's better to break it up, isn't it? And what <laughs> is composition? and you know like the
0: rule of thirds <laughs> well no no i disagree completely. no no don't 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 think the rule of third
1: <laughs> comedy uh, music i think it works and i agree yeah yeah i think you can't get away from it <laughs> uh, but um i mean but i think there are other rules too That guess, to and you need to break it sometimes and sometimes it's good that it it goes into you know what is it 12 or something 12 bars instead or we well, anyways mm. but something non-divisible by three but I think the Beatles knew exactly what they were doing (laughs) Mm. (laughs) you you know Uh, but then sometimes the rule of two I think is 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 just as important but anyways Mm. but um yeah so I I guess I guess Kubrick was the one who did it at 16 and and then uh, I had a roommate uh this guy Noah Urias and we were living together for a year and, and he turned me on to um he Turned me on to Italian cinema, he turned me on to French cinema, you know, New Wave, and he turned me on to I just didn't know any of it existed, you know, and uh, yeah, and then that just furthered everything that I'd already been obsessed about since Kubrick. Shouts
0: but, out to Noah, what's that? But shout out to Noah, oh, Noah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he really uh
1: showed me that he just he'd just come out of a film school and he was a mm. screenwriter, and so uh he had, you know, I'd never, I didn't know what Criterion Collection was or anything like that. And, and so, uh, I was just eating up all of, all of the movies that he had, you know, Yeah. and, uh, and it was kind of, uh, a year after that that I realized I needed to go to LA to, you know, I wasn't going to be able to afford film school. Uh, that wasn't going to happen. Um, but acting seemed like, I don't know why, but it seemed like maybe my way into, to to directing someday or something or or because uh, mm. I was obsessed with you know I wanted to make a Kubrick's Napoleon I thought I was going to do that by you know twenty twenty one you know twenty three I wanted to, I wanted to be before Orson Welles I was also obsessed with Citizen Kane and mm-hmm. and, and the age at which he did it and uh, little did I know he'd had so much time in theater and the, <laughs> things before that but uh. Yeah, I really thought that's what was going to happen. And
0: There's still time.
1: Well, no, I think uh, Spielberg, <laughs> between Spielberg and, and some of the others, I think someone else was going to do that. I think uh, Ridley Scott's already done it. Uh, okay. I don't know if it's Kubrick's Napoleon, but I got to tell you, I won't be in line for that one. But I think Ridley's lost it. But you know, <laughs> I think those last two movies were just horrible. <laughs>
0: Goofy. i actually don't think i saw them so i can't agree the last duel was like a a, a bash oh yeah i did, I did not see the last duel.
1: yeah it was like i'm going nobody in the cinema has seen rashman they don't know that he's just copying
0: <laughs> sometimes being a cinephile gets us in trouble though
1: <laughs> yeah 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 it does but it was interesting after that film i, I talked to two people that, that, that saw the film and i said so what did you guys make of the ending did you guys think she, she wanted that to happen? That she, she wanted that or no? And they were like, the guy was like you wanted that and the, and the girl was like, yeah, I think she did and I'm like, Ridley, Ridley, Ridley you little you little shit, you know <laughs> I think what he does in that film is just horrible mm. <laughs> just, I think it's it's irresponsible as well
0: <laughs> Well, if it's any consolation, not that you care I, he'll never hear this Yeah <laughs> That's true.
1: So, and I can't take Ben Affleck in that haircut. a <laughs> <Where is it? laughs>
0: <laughs> What's the last good Ridley Scott movie?
1: Oh, that's a good question, isn't it?
0: I haven't seen it. one and a, a new one of his in a long time.
1: I don't know. I gotta say, I liked that movie a good year. The third act was a little, but I thought.
0: <laughs> I don't even think I saw that.
1: It gave me a good feeling. I remember I watched it on a plane, so I was pretty okay. up in the air. So at least yeah, that does something to you. <laughs> but. Geez, I think Alien Blade Runner was where I was where I ended, you know. With I'm not even a big uh, Gladiator fan, but mm. I guess I just don't like him that much. I don't know, you hear an interview with him and you just pff, can't stand it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm <don't laughs> really li- I'm really liking where we're going. Where we're going <laughs>
1: talking talking bad about Ridley Scott.
0: That's all right. I made the counselor. He expects it by now.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Oh, well. Some people just, you know, some people want to make money.
0: Yeah, although I feel like with Ridley, his movies might be sort of a mess, but they are kind of weird too.
1: Oh no, I think he's a very talented
0: filmmaker. <laughs> I think he's he's an
1: incredible filmmaker. <laughs> but that's probably why I'm up so, so upset. <laughs> <laughs> several films of his just because it's not the Ridley I remember.
0: Right. Well, oh well.
1: No, I mean, uh, Blade Runner blew my mind when I saw that, you know?
0: hmm Did you like the uh, 2049?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I tried watching it twice and I keep falling asleep.
0: But, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a long movie.
1: Well, it's just, gee, man. But I, Ryan I Gosling like as our main emotional core that's it's not supposed to have these emotions. It's just, i can't there's nothing pulling me in except the visuals you know yeah it's i need very i want. i want i want a cassavetes <laughs> I want, I want, it's
0: very pretty and it sounds nice
1: yeah yeah but i want some meat i want i want right i want, I want to see uh i want to get into the head of some people <laughs> want,
0: that's totally fair
1: and i think denise uh, i love his uh what is it incendies i think is a really beautiful oh yeah yeah film. yeah
0: that's a great film i'm yeah. i'm a, I'm a big fan of his, but kind of similar to a lot of directors that yeah. I like, you know, that I liked ten years ago. I'm sort of like,
1: all right, I'm still on your side, but I'm I'm
0: getting oh, nervous.
1: Get away <laughs> from Dune, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I liked Arrival, but.
1: Yeah, but that was, and I liked,
0: I did like the Blade Runner film enough, but like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just getting to a point of like, are, are, okay, I'm getting a little, getting a little anxious here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want you to make a, uh, I want you to go back to an enemy or something. A little enemy. Smaller. What a
0: weird fucking movie. Like, yeah, so it's such it. a cool film.
1: I do not like. Uh, What's his name? Jake J- J- Gyllenhaal. I I despise him, but the knee did good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was smart casting. <laughs> I like. I'm a huge Prisoners fan too. Like no one likes Prisoners anymore. I don't know why. I I loved Prisoners.
1: I just can't stand and Hall.
0: Oh yeah, he's in that too. Every time I watch
1: him, I just see a guy pushing. You know, pushing, 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 pushing.
0: Well, he'll never listen to this either, so it's fine.
1: No, no, he I don't, yeah.
0: Oh geez, I guess we should have just been reviewing things this whole time. But that's, <laughs> this sounds like fun, but sorry to be so negative. But... No, it's fine. I'd love, I'd love I to. Him in, I'd
1: love... I loved him and Donnie Darko, you know.
0: Well, it's not that it's not the Jake you remember. <laughs> it's not the Jake I know. Jeez. it's a Prince oh, of Persia, Jake that I can't stand. <laughs> Prince of Persia. Oh, even he regrets that. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm
0: uh, but uh, reason. <laughs> I would uh, I would love if you had a movie review podcast. That'd be fun.
1: No, I don't. Th- I don't think I'd work very you'd, much. You'd, oh, get, I, you'd get
0: yourself in trouble.
1: Good, I don't get many opportunities to talk. Yeah, <laughs> well,
0: unfortunately, I, 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 I've enjoyed it.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't like much. <laughs>
0: like that's fine. I think that's fine. I mean, it just means you have specific taste.
1: Yeah, that's a good maybe. Idea. Yeah. No, I one. just think it's tough, you know, it's tough to go from Mozart to uh uh to machine gun kelly, you know. It's tough to go from uh you know Kitaro to a CJ Fuckin' you know. It's 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 pretty tough for me to <laughs> to find good <laughs> damn. <laughs> you know, in uh, in this, you know, these
0: people. So so then my last question being, which I already had pre-planned, but now I want to ask even more. Um so then what does excite you these days like like what do you look for if you are watching something new that would excite you
1: uh i mean i think i watched you know paris texas last year mm. uh, i thought that was a pretty pretty nice beautiful film i loved the uh, of course harry dean stanton and the kids relationship i thought it was just pretty pretty amazing and um uh, yeah. i loved the oh, i forget his name he played his brother I think it was named two-time can winner, I think, or something. But I thought he was just throwing everything away, and it was just really natural. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the things I look forward to now, I suppose, are—I uh, guess—I uh, recently watched Joe versus the volcano. and I quite liked that movie. You know, mm. I thought the emotional core of the film was was strong and. Uh, gave allowance to be as absurd as you know (laughs) as the movie was but uh, yeah I I think I'm I just I just want to see something real to the to the person to the people in the you know making it Um, I want to see I'm tired of seeing violence for no reason I'm I'm tired of seeing shock for the sake of shock you know Mm -hmm. I love I love Michael Haneke you know I think uh, yeah. despite what some people say i think there's a lot of love in, in some kind of strange way in his films um but then i i see a movie like the pianist and i don't need the shot wide shot of her cutting her vagina with a razor a really really great film but there's aspects you know there's just things where i feel right. like people uh and i think he's a masterful filmmaker uh but Something like that, you know, that wide shot uh, takes me away from it somehow. And it's not because mm-hmm. of the, you know, violence or anything, but it's because I think I already understand the horror of what's going on psychologically with the character. And I, I don't need to see that physical representation because he's already shown it to me through the relationship of the mother or her students or uh, the, the the guy she's uh, making love to. Uh, no, I shouldn't say making love, but for her, well, anyways, that's another thing, but, but um, I don't know I just and I think that's why I appreciate the older filmmakers because um, through the the limitations that they had uh, they had to be more imaginative they had to to they had to really use the medium in in, in a in a in a a way to support their uh, ideas and right now because there's a I think such an allowance for 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 things uh, good and bad you know um, people don't have to be as imaginative in a way and and somehow we've gotten to this thing of uh, to show it is better than to insinuate or mm. um, like the end of uh, melancholia i loved mm-hmm. the first act i thought the first act was incredible but yeah, the third too. act i didn't want to see the thing come to earth right. <laughs> i don't want to see the cgi bs i don't want to you know um it, it takes me out of the film and, and the third right. act just completely just destroyed everything that he built for me in the first, you know, in, in middle of the second. But, and so it's just, I, I, I don't really, I, I don't know if I know exactly what I'm looking for, you know, but mm-hmm. I want, I want something real to the, to the person making it something true, true to them, I think. And I think it's very um, easy to, to discern this or that, you know, uh, I, I think it's very evident in the work and, and you can tell, um, pretty easily. And, uh, but I, I don't know where people's tastes are these days. They seem to be just uh, a little... They I think they differ from from mine a, a bit uh, in the mainstream, you know, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they always have, you know. I've only been around for 30 years. So <laughs> <laughs> talking like I've, I've been around 100 or 200, but uh, yeah. Hmm.
0: So your new record gadzooks volume two we should re-mention is coming out on election day yeah people so go vote um, and then
1: go buy an album
0: yes if you don't buy do. mine
1: at least look it up yeah.
0: yeah at least at least say what's that at least over there
1: what's that straight it
0: does have a pretty i mean it does have a pretty striking cover it is it's like the happier version of volume one's cover <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's what that's what well there's a little heart accidentally with the hands but mm. uh, yeah that's my girlfriend katia she she's done all the uh, artwork for the albums and the
0: even motherstone
1: mm-hmm, yeah yeah cool. she's the reason why i'm wearing a wig <laughs> and, uh, and it was the right best image from from what we created and and it was very apparent to both of us that oh, we got to do that you know <laughs> which made it hard for any other image afterwards cuz right the, for us to top what we thought was amazing you know <laughs> but yeah I, I also think it's a bit cuter than the one before yeah yeah it's a little smile in there creepy smile but little smile. yeah
0: a little a little bit yeah. but i mean little it, <laughs> it, it's fitting you know that kind all right of well, thank you very much, Caleb. I've had a quite a quite a fun time talking <laughs> to you today. <laughs> yeah, thanks.
1: And thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for questions. And I, I enjoyed it as well. Yeah,
0: thank you. So uh, check out his album "Honor" right after Election Day, and uh, just thank you for uh, for giving me your time today. Yeah,
1: and thanks to the ninety-five people who have pre-ordered it.
0: The label wants two thousand, so if we could get
1: a few more. That'd be
0: great. Yeah. Yes. People. Pre-order it. <laughs> This might even be out after it's out. But if it's not, then pre order it. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, man. Take care,
1: Caleb. <laughs> bye. Bye bye.